everybody, and welcome to Mom Cooks Fast and Slow. I'm Alex Sullivan, and I'm delighted to have you at my kitchen table. Today, I have Eliza Bulgren with me to discuss her at-home farm called the Longfields Farm. We talk gardening vegetables and flowers, chicken coops, cooking, the idea of homesteading, and the exciting path her family is taking here in New Canaan. If you are local, be sure to check out her farm stand Fridays. I recently went to one, and they are a little slice of countryside heaven in the hustle and bustle of everyday life. I hope you enjoy. Hi, Eliza. Welcome to Mom Cooks Fast and Slow. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you today. I have been looking forward to this conversation for a few weeks. Um, You have a self-operating farm at your house in New Canaan uh, called Longfield Farm. And I wanted to kind of dive into what that consists of, um, how the vision started, uh, where, you know, where, where you got the idea to have your own farm and then how it's grown since that initial start. So, Thought we'd start there. Um, if you could just tell us a bit about yourself, a bit about Longfield Farm, and you know how it's come to be. Um, well, first of all, I don't know if I'd use the word self-operating, but I guess I don't really know what that means. But um, uh, my husband and I, uh, like many people in our town of New Canaan, were in New York City, and um, when we got married, we we knew that we wanted um, to to not just move out of the city, but we wanted space. Um, I grew up in Australia, I grew up in Sydney, um, but it's a big part of Australian culture um, to you know spend time in the countryside. Um, uh, and my extended family are, are real farmers. I would say that um, my family, my parents' farm was a, a toy farm. Uh, well, you know, there, were, there was cattle, but it wasn't, you know, like what my aunts and uncles do. They um, they have serious farms, um, but I wanted that in my family's life. And my husband, um, he grew up in Long Island, um, I believe close to where you did, and um, he wanted something similar to that too. Uh, so we uh, started looking in, you know, Westchester and um, Fairfield counties, and uh, we found this magical little piece of property in New Canaan. Um, and we feel very blessed that we found it because New Canaan has such a great community. Um, I think that, you know, what's unique, maybe not unique, but a lot of people who live in New Canaan might have as much property as we do. Um, but we came to it with a very clear vision that we wanted to work the land a bit. Um, there were no gardens, um, uh, we always wanted to have, you know, a vegetable garden um, because that was something I grew up with. Um, and uh, my husband was curious about things like making maple syrup and um, things of that nature. So one of the first and one of the very first things we did was um, we got our John Deere tractor and our mower and our gator because we knew that um, uh, uh, I guess it feels a bit like cart before the horse with that stuff. Um, but they've been wonderful tools and building the gardens and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So I, I think we, we just, we were curious and we just got started, um, you know, and there were some raised beds here. We've since removed them. My husband, before we had kids, we had a, you know, a lot more time on our hands. Um, and we used that time, those weekends, you know, when we were both working um, to, to start building. And we did a couple of really big projects back then. Um, and 
we just caught the bug and haven't stopped. So what do you currently have on your farm? You said vegetable garden, you tap your maple trees, you, I know, have a big flower garden. Yeah, so we start, We started with a kitchen garden um, and then uh, we realized that that was quite shaded um, and not enough space. So we put in a big cutting garden that was about 4,000 square feet um, that ha- had room for our chickens that we wanted to to get so we got our first um flock of chickens um and since then that was about four years ago i think maybe five now no four um this past winter we worked to expand um uh, the garden we doubled in size um and added another space and we have some different ornamental you know things around but um we i'm very focused on growing flowers because um, that was sort of the thing that, uh, you know, in growing our own vegetables and stuff, that was fun, but growing flowers, flowers are such a lovely thing to share. Um, and people, you know, people love them. Um, so I started sharing them with friends and then, um, you know, it was growing enough that it was like, okay, you know, time to, <laughs> time to do something with these. Um, so, uh, uh, Longfield Farm, the business sort of came from there. Um, and there are a few people in our town, um, working with flowers, which is such a lovely thing. Um, but I wanted to do something a little bit different. Um, and that sort of spoke to the other things that we do here, growing vegetables and, um, you know, we, we make maple syrup for ourselves. We would love to have a, you know, full operation with a sugar shack. Um, and maybe in the future we'll have that. Um, uh, but for now I source, for the business part of Longfield, I source maple syrup and honey and jams from other business, other sort of people doing what I do. So I can focus on the flowers um, and the vegetables, and then I bring in those other things um, for the baskets I do and stuff like that. So, okay. So I'm going to ask you a question. I I don't know if you've ever heard of the Free Press, but it's a, a new media outlet that um, an ex-New York Times reporter started. Um, and I love it. It's like old school journalism. They really dive into a bunch of different topics from all different perspectives. If anyone listening hasn't looked into the free press, the, um, website is thefp.com. I highly recommend it. Um, but anyway, they wrote a whole article on homesteading. Um, the, the title of it was home is where the revolution is a growing number of Americans are rejecting processed food and living off the land. One of the reporters meets the homesteaders who say things mean more when you have less. Do you consider yourself a homesteader? So that was the one question that you sent me that I sort of I chuckled a bit to myself because I was like, gosh, is that what I you know put out into the world? No, I feel okay. very far from a homesteader. Um, I, you know, I some of the flower farmers that I follow on Instagram, I'd say would consider themselves homesteaders. They, you know, their flower business is a, a small part of what they do. And, you know, they're, they're making their bread and they're, you know, preserving their eggs to have over winter. No, we are so far from that. Um, as my, you know, when I read the questions to my husband, he said, Eliza, you have to make sure, you know, make sure you're honest and they know that you get your whole foods delivery once a week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so very far from that, um, we do, you know, when there's vegetables from the garden to eat, 
we eat those vegetables um you know so our diets look maybe different over summer um, you know i wouldn't buy a tomato tomato in january i just wouldn't do that um you know so summer is for blts and fresh salads from the garden and um we do do some canning um because okay. you know tomato sauce is so great when it's home you know homegrown tomatoes in january are good to have um i do freeze some things um but yes uh in, well i just want know, to let you know i i after hearing all of this you are a homesteader <laughs> You don't have to be full blown. I mean, I know there's no. people that take it to the nth degree, but I mean, I, the reason I ask is because my husband and I have caught the bug as well. Um, yeah. So we've started our own garden. My husband bakes his own bread. Um, we have started canning a lot of, you know, vegetables. Um, he started growing mushrooms. Um, so the reason I ask and kind of in tangent with this podcast is there does seem to be a community growing of people that want to connect with the land and um, kind of go back to the basics and find value in that, whether that's full homesteading or just, you know, catching this bug that you and I yeah. have certainly caught. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, I think COVID did a lot for that. Um, you know, there was a lot of people that started vegetable gardens during that time. Um, I think also maybe part of it is that you and my you and i have you know young children and our peers are getting to a point in their lives where they might have some more time um i think one thing that um people sort of uh are struck by with me and my husband is that we started this all before we had kids um and i think that's unusual maybe um uh but i do think that there's something wonderful about it because you you know food from the garden tastes better um, you know, a cucumber picked that day tastes entirely different to a cucumber picked four or five days ago. Or, you know, if you slice into a potato that you grow, it looks different. It smells different. It feels different. Um, uh, so I grow a pretty good variety of um, vegetables. Um, and I will, you know, I store enough garlic to get us through the winter um, and things like that. And food you grow at home just tastes different. And, yeah. you know, a, a peppers, a peppers, I think is so striking because, you know, you don't get hot peppers like you, you do mm -hmm. it at home. So uh, my husband makes a hot sauce every October um, with our, our bounty of peppers. <laughs> yeah. My kids, my kids call our hot peppers from the garden, blow your face off peppers <laughs> because, yeah. they're, because they're so spicy. Um, so do the kids help with gardening? Are they out there with you guys or do they help with storage? You know, are they canning with you? How, how do you get? the kids involved uh they do and they really don't <laughs> um okay. they're curious especially my daughters are very curious and they love the flowers um and my daughter nell loves to have a little posy beside her bed and she gets to pick um i have to be a little careful because sometimes she goes for the you know the best dailies and i say no, no you can't pick that one um she likes hot pink of course um but uh we started the garden before we had kids um and for me it was really a, an escape when my kids were very young and still napping. I would use that time to go out um, and work in the garden. Um, and it's been a juggle, especially over the summertime with having the kids home from school. And um, they're still quite young. So I have a six, four and um, th almost three year old. And uh, so they help, but it's, it's definitely my thing. Um, mm -hmm. But it's been fun to watch them sort of develop their own curiosities 
um, about it. Um, you know, they love to pick the strawberries and the tomatoes um, and stuff like that. Yeah. And they, this year I actually planted, or the girls planted their own little flower garden because I, I wanted them to have a space that they could sort of go wild in. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, okay, as far as your chickens, because I'm thinking of getting chickens, so now I have to ask you questions about it. Um, how much is the like maintenance of it? And then also, what does like babysitting look like when you go on vacation? Um, owning chickens is not economical. I will say that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, first you have to build the infrastructure um, and definitely build it right the first time. Um, you know, use uh, half inch wire dig a trench two feet deep um don't cut any corners because we last summer we had we lost about 16 chickens um to raccoons um which was very sad um uh and it's definitely not for the faint of heart because the raccoons did not finish the job i will say (laughs) um uh but it's a wonderful you know gift i actually didn't eat eggs until I was 24 when I met, met my husband. Um, my, we had chickens when I was a kid, but no one in my house ate eggs. Um, I think my parents were turned off um, when they were kids. They were fed this thing called an egg flip, and I think it's milk blended with raw egg. No, no wonder they don't eat eggs. But I have learned um, to love eggs, as have my brother and sister, which is quite funny. Um, uh, it, the maintenance is not that intensive. Um, you know, I clean the coop once a month, every month or two, um, less in winter. Um, uh, babysitting is, John, my husband jokes that our dogs could board, but we have a dog sitter for the chickens, um, which is probably, probably true because, you know, especially in, in winter, if it's really cold, they have a heater and they have, um, you know, heated water. So they're, you know, they're tough, but they're, you know, they take some some effort, but they're definitely worth it. So definitely do it, um, but just know that it's not um, it's not easy. <laughs> yeah, and it's you dirty, only and... use it for eggs. Have you ever eaten one of your own? Chickens? Uh, I haven't. I we don't. Um, there you can either get layers um, poultry, uh, you know, meat birds or dual purpose. Uh, okay. Dual purpose birds don't lay as many eggs. So I and I'm you know. I've, killed some chickens I'm not it's not really for me um maybe maybe one day um you know you mentioned in your questions about uh would we ever consider having cattle um I'm too I'm I get too attached you know okay um so no cattle uh, no pigs in your future no no cattle no pigs um I know someone that has goats uh you know goats are great for keeping down weeds I couldn't see doing that because of what, you know, they need a, a bigger purpose. Uh, mm-hmm. When we first moved here, I grew up horse riding and I would love to have a horse. Um, uh, so maybe at some point in time I could see having a horse. Um, that would that would make me very happy. Um, but I think I would have to be when I have more time on my hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and are you a cook? Uh, I would say I am a much better cook than I am a gardener. Um, okay oh wow is, so you're a fantastic uh, cook then <laughs> um oh i'm de- i mean i'm definitely not a good gardener I, I think it's just that i like you know i'm willing to try um willing to try it out uh cooking is something i've done i started when i was very young um and it i just i love i love to cook um is there 
Um, you said you're you're from Australia. So what kind of cuisine do you I mean, I'm everyone knows this that listens. I, I'm a Long Island Italian, so I always, you know, cook Italian. Is there like a specific type of cuisine that you always cook or is it everything? It's a little bit of everything. Uh, Australians eat a lot of Italian, a lot of Mediterranean uh, okay. and Middle, Middle Eastern food as well. And um, obviously a lot of Asian food. Um, right. uh, lots of Chinese, lots of Thai. Um, I cook a little bit of everything. Um, when my husband, uh, when I ask him what he wants for dinner, I usually you know, say, give me a cuisine and give me a poultry, you know, a, a protein and then I'll go from there. Right. Um, uh, so a little bit of, a little bit of everything. I, I cook a lot of, um, I hate to use the word Asian cause it's so, you know, but yeah, it's every, you know. <laughs> it's a large, yeah. Yeah. Um, a Chinese, lot of, Japanese, you know, um, a lot of those sorts of flavors and a lot of Middle Eastern and, and Greek food. Um, gotcha. And then we do we do Sunday Italian. Um, so oh, you do you do like yeah, a Sunday sauce every we, Sunday. We, I love that. We usually do a Sunday sauce, um, uh, less so in summer. <laughs> um, so you do a Sunday sauce. Is that you said you'd never buy a tomato in the winter? So what do you use, or are you fine like doing canned um, fresh um, tomatoes? We can. I use I use our sauce. I use our tomatoes that I can. So I okay. grow and I grow enough tomatoes to can sauce for. I make a tomato sauce. Um, I do like a very plain. Um, you know, some people can hold tomatoes. But I can the actual sauce. So I do mozzarella. This mozzarella has um, you know, very plain sauce. And then if I want more flavors in it, I'll add that. Um, but no yeah. herbs or anything. Just t- tomato, garlic. Um, and not not even onion actually. Um, and then, oh, uh, we use a lot of rayos as well because sometimes <laughs> that sort of fresh, that fresh tomato sauce isn't what you're looking for. You know, mm-hmm. you need the the depth. The salt. Um, <laughs> and for some reason, the the tomato sauce that I make doesn't have that sort of that rich richness. Um, gotcha that Rayo's just delivers <laughs> so well. And it's like Ina Garten says, right? Storeboard is fine. And I think Ina Garten also uses Rayo's um, as her source of choice. I know. Well, I mean, my mom told me she brought Rayo's the other day and I almost slapped her across the face. Really? <laughs> like, so how do you make, how do you make sauce? I mean, to be fair, like, it's not like I do anything that, like, I certainly don't use my own crushed tomatoes, but I just buy the, like, um, Cento crushed tomatoes in the store yeah. that has nothing in it. It's just the tomatoes. Yeah. And then I add garlic and oregano and salt and pepper and yeah. hot spice, you know, all, all that. But, um, um, I mean, I think yeah. there's, there's, there's real, there isn't shame in that. Like my, in my freezer, I always have, um, uh, frozen peas and frozen, frozen corn. Mm-hmm. Um, and I use them in a lot of, uh, different things. And it's like that, you know, if something is frozen at the source, that's much better than it, you know, buying peas in, you know, the middle of winter. You can't, well, I don't think you can, can even buy fresh peas in the middle of winter or fresh corn. But um, right. I think, you know, if something is canned at its peak of freshness, then that's the best best way to have it if you can't have the real deal. Yeah. So the people that you partner with that you sell some of their stuff through Longfields Farm, you know, how did you meet them? Do you think they consider themselves homesteading type people or is it just really niche, like someone just makes honey or someone just makes, you know, X, Y, Z? Like how, what are the people you partner with 
like and what's that community they, like? Um, I, th- I know a few of them dabble, you know, Red Bee Honey, I know she has a lovely garden, um, but she, you know, that's for personal use and she just sells her honey. And she, I think she's quite prolific in that industry. You know, I think she might have even wrote, wrote the like um, Honey for Dummies or something sort of book. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, uh, Pete Campbell, who has horses farm in Ridgefield, um, where we get our maple syrup. Um, we were connected to him when we were first learning to make our own maple syrup. Um, and he was essentially who taught us to make it. Um, uh, he had a garden, um, and then uh, this year has taken a pause. Um, he had a proper farm. You know, not it's not really a garden. He has you know big greenhouses and stuff like that. He's taken a pause this year. Um, I don't know if he'd consider himself a homesteader. Um, <laughs> uh, I, th- I think the thing with homesteading is that it um, it seems you know from my outsider's perspective to to really do it it would be quite consuming mm-hmm. you know, um uh, i don't think you would have the bandwidth to be making um you know jam to sell to other people if you were making your own jam and preserving it for yourself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um yeah do you um make your own soil like are you composting i do compost um okay. we uh, on our long list of to-do items is to put in big um, compost bays that John can use the tractor to turn. Um, but obviously, you know, a garden produces waste. And um, so we just have some unsightly piles of waste around. And then, you know, <laughs> after a year, they're you know, good to go back into the garden. The chickens are amazing for that. Um, mm. uh, it's, you're not meant to do it this way, but I put their waste directly into the garden. Um, mm. uh and I was just doing that this week, actually, uh, now, that the kid, now that the kids are in school and I have some time. Uh, uh, and then in the in the bigger gardens, I do um, something called no dig. Um, and I just use wood chips for that. Um, so I'll put the compost into um, if I'm creating new beds. But for the no dig gardens, I put just wood chips. So we um, uh, our tree guy um, a couple of times a year will drop off uh a load of wood chips for us and I just spread them in the garden and they feed the soil and, you know, keep it healthy. What is the perk of a no dig garden versus like a regular garden that most of us are probably used to? Uh, Well, composting a garden in general, you know, it suppresses weeds, right? Because it means that uh, Mm -hmm. the light can't get to um, the seeds and uh, no dig, you're not turning the soil and bringing up previous year's seeds that have dropped into the soil. Um, so, you know, the compost are on top of whatever seeds are down there. Um, it retains moist, moisture very well, um, especially the wood chips because they're so dense and they don't really break down as quickly as like sweet peat, um, which is the um, uh, mo- what we mulch our sort of the beds around the house with. Um, uh, yeah. It's just good for gotcha. the soil, I guess. Okay. And you don't, like and you that. don't, you don't break up um, sort of all the microorganisms that are down there um, in the soil. Um, sort of, they're doing God's work under the soil without you needing to, you know, do too much. So, is that best for like vegetable gardens and things like that, or do you use it for flowers as well? Um, for both, I okay. um, we don't have raised beds, so raised beds. You, you know, do different things with. Um, uh, I like growing directly in, in the ground. Um, mm-hmm. Raised beds are a little easier, I think, for weeds and stuff like that, but it's just not, not how we do it here. Um, Got it. 
So for people that think that this is something they would be interested in doing, what would be your best piece of advice for getting started? Uh, just to go buy some seeds and stuff. <laughs> um, uh, I consider myself very much a beginner. Um, uh, my husband in many ways is the expert because he does the research, whereas I just you know, buy a plant and, and see, see what happens. Um, he is much more learned than I am. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think just to start and um, not to be afraid of making mistakes um, because you'll make them, um, you know, time and time again, you'll kill plants and the weather won't cooperate um, and deer will eat, you know, or voles or mice or whatever, you know, rabbits. Um, uh, when people do sort of take that bigger step towards building a garden, I always suggest to build a garden at least one and a half to two times bigger than you think you need mm -hmm. um, because you'll never regret having more space. You can always, you know, plant something easy or leave a bed, you know, with some weed cloth on it. Um, but you'll, you know, life will take you through ebbs and flows where you'll have more time or more interest. Um, and I think, I think it's a mistake that that's what we've learned in building gardens is that we we always want more. So, right. <laughs> so more space is better. Um, okay. So what is the plan for Longfield Farm? I mean, how does it exist today now and what is kind of your ideas for growing it in the future? Um, Longfield Farm as a business, you know, as opposed to just our home where we, where we live. Um, uh, the last two years have been a sort of an experiment in uh, figuring out what it is actually going to be. And it's been really fun. And I feel like it's sort of at a point now where it, it makes sense. Um, uh, I sell flowers and I do some events with them. I sell these, um, these seasonal baskets and I, um, we've been doing a farm stand every Friday and that's been really, really fun. Um, there's been a lot of support from um, all the New Canaan moms in the community. Um, as my kids, I still have a preschooler. I would love to um, sort of see things ramp up slowly so that by the time she is in elementary school, I um, you know, can consider it a real, you know, a job, I guess, as a stay-at-home mom, you know, to transition from being a stay-at-home mom with a little side hustle to having having it be a real career, second mm -hmm. career. Um, uh, in your questions that you sent, you, you know, you said five years versus 30 years. Um, we, you know, Longfield Farm as the home and garden is very much in its infancy. Um, we're sort of starting to see things take shape now that we've taken down a lot of trees and put in, um, you know, some new trees and, uh, you know, more stone walls and things and in the places where they'll stay forever. Um, but it is fun to think about in 30 years time when those, you know, apple trees that we've planted now are at their full, you know, size and production and, um, uh, you know, everything sort of come into place the way we envisioned it. My husband a couple of years ago drew on the computer very sort of intricate drawings of, of you know, where we started, where we were then and where we want it to be. And it's um, sort of, we're on our way. Um, so it's fun. I love to that. think about where it will end up. He drew you like a vision board. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Um, okay. So if people want to contact you at Longfield Farm or, a, you know, go to one of your Friday, I forget what you called it. Um, Farmstand Friday. That's Farm Stand Friday. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, you know, where, where can they follow you? Where can they get information? 
Um, so I have an Instagram handle at Longfield Farm CT, um, and I usually announce, you know, if the farm stand's happening on there. Um, I know that not everyone has Instagram. I have a website, uh, Longfield Farm CT, uh, dot com, um, and I have an email, you know, Longfield Farm CT at uh, gmail.com. The CT is a little annoying, but obviously Longfield is not the most unique name. Um, <laughs> but how did you uh, come up with the name? Did, was it just? Uh, we when we bought the property there were two pear trees um very sick pear trees on the field we tried to bring them back to life and we were going to name it twin pears we chopped down the pear trees so luckily we didn't do that um (laughs) the pear trees were on a long field um so we have this sort of quite bucolic long field and so we thought you know long field I love it. That's and it, and I should. There's a there's a Gil Schaefer house um, that is also called Longfield. So I, I have to give credit where credit is due. That probably inspired it a little bit too. Nice. I love that. Um, all right. Well, this was such a fun conversation. Thank you for coming on. But I do have to ask you the same question I ask everyone at the end of every episode, and that is, what is your favorite family tradition and why? Um, we, at the bottom of the long field, um, which is down by a reservoir, we have a campfire. And when I was a, um, a kid, we would go on horse rides and have, uh, barbecues, um, Australians eat these, you know, sausages, snags that are just beef sausages, very plain and lamb chops. And we go down there and we, we do bratwurst because you can't get those sausages here, but I'm working on it and have, you know, lamb chops on an open fire, um, Less so in summertime. So this is now the season, um, fall, really fall and spring, um, to do that. And we all go down there and we do that. And I just, it, it reminds me of my childhood, um, you know, the flavors of my childhood, but, but you know, as you know, a cook, you know what that t- that's like. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah. just, um, simple, really, you know, simple pleasures. I love it. Well, yeah. Eliza, thank you so much for coming on and hopefully everyone will check out Longfield Farm. So. All right. Thanks, Alex. Good luck with the chickens. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>